0: S.E.P. Fanfic Readings Presents Aurelian by Biddy Blue Eyes Author Notes I know Aurelian's incorrect speech can be distracting to some, but hopefully not too distracting. I've spent a lot of time around young children, even making it through those stages with three of my own. I just felt he didn't seem genuine enough without the speech pattern of a two- to three-year-old. That's just how he comes. Chapter 4. Daddy "'Where to begin?' Harry wondered aloud. "'How about starting by telling me who the kid is?' Draco suggested with an attitude. "'What does he have to do with all of this?' Harry shrugged. "'He is sort of where it all starts,' he reminded Hermione. Hermione nodded in defeat. "'Malfoy—' "'This is Aurelian,' she gestured to the boy bent over in his chair. His hair was barely visible over the table. "'Aurelian, what are you doing?' Harry asked curiously as he bent over to see why the child was hunched over in his seat. Harry became even more confused when he saw that the little boy struggled with something in the pocket of his robes. Ron gave me beans, but they're stuck. Aurelian grunted as he tried to remove the small pouch. All right, Harry said. He nodded to Hermione to continue as he helped Aurelian with his pocket. Draco rolled his eyes. Aurelian? Well, he... Hermione paused, unsure of how to continue. Do you know what a time-turner is? Draco sighed. Yes, I am familiar with time-turners. How familiar? Harry asked suddenly. His curiosity caused him to pause in his attempts to free the pouch from the tiny green pocket. I mean that I've heard of them and read about them. I haven't owned one, if that's what you're suggesting, Potter. Malfoy declared defensively. Hermione sighed at the two of them and then continued. Well, when we found Aurelian, he was wearing a time-turner. That's how he found us. Are you trying to tell me that you think he used a time-turner? Draco nodded in the boy's direction and asked in bored disbelief. "'No, he was wearing the time-turner, but his mother activated it,' Hermione said with a sick feeling in her stomach. "'From what we know, he comes from at least six years in the future.' "'You don't actually expect me to buy that, do you?' Draco smirked. "'You can believe what you want,' Harry replied simply as he freed the pouch from Aurelian's pocket and set the bag of Bertie Bott's Every Flavor Beans on the table in front of the boy." We're giving you all the information we have, and you can tell us what you think when we're through. Draco sat back in his chair and crossed his arms over his chest as he waited to hear the rest. From what he's told us and what we've discovered, Hermione continued again with a glance from one man to the other, he and his mother were escaping Death Eaters. She was badly injured and sent him back here to change the future, we're assuming. And how can you possibly assume this woman's motives? Draco challenged. But because. because his mother. Because I'm his mother. Hermione finished with her head held high as if she dared Draco to insult either of them. What? Draco asked in surprise. How do you... He, Aurelian, called me mummy. Honestly, I thought it was a mistake, but when we tested his blood on his cloak, there was wet blood all over his cloak, and it matched mine. It was my blood. Hermione summoned strength from deep inside and stated this factually. Th- this is your kid. Six years from now. You're dying and send him back here, Draco asked, a lot less confident than he had been moments before. Yes, Hermione stated stoically. Well, we don't know the exact year, but at least six years from now. And you think that in the future you sent this boy back here to save you in six years, Draco asked with a grimace at how ridiculous that theory sounded. No, of course not, Hermione said indignantly. The concern isn't my life. The concern is the Death Eaters and their victims, meaning you. Draco finished. Meaning this, Hermione said heatedly as she slapped the news article in front of him. This isn't simply a one time attack. Hundreds, possibly thousands, suffer at the hands of Death Eaters. Read it. An end to an unending war. It's not just an attack. It's a war. That is what we're meant to prevent. Draco's face paled slightly as he read the article. And you think that I have something to do with this because I was a Death Eater? he asked quietly, an acerbic bite to his tone. No, actually, we think you were helping to fight it, Harry said uncomfortably. He handed another jelly bean to Aurelian while he watched Draco in his reaction. Draco looked up at Harry, his feelings of confusion and unease clear on his face. Why do you say that? Well, because of Aurelian, Hermione said slowly as she bit her lip and stared at the small boy. She couldn't help but give a small smile when he made a funny face at the jelly bean he was eating and, unbeknownst to Harry, put it back in Harry's hand. He's talked about me? Draco said skeptically. Well, in a way, Hermione said slowly, see, you're, we're rather sure that you're his father. She couldn't make herself look at him in that moment. It hurt her just to say it. What? You're mental, Draco cried as he jumped to his feet. That's what this is about, isn't it? That little whelp called me daddy and you rush in here because you believe it. You're, sit down, Malfoy, Harry shouted back as he also got to his feet and stared the other man in the eye. You will listen. Draco stared back at Harry as he fought with himself once more on how best to react. In the end, Draco plopped back down in his chair. Nice fantasy of yours, Granger. I tell you now, there is no way I'd ever sleep with a bloody I am well aware of what you think of me, Malfoy. Hermione scowled at him with anger and disgust. I assure you that I think no better of you. I don't know how things changed, and maybe it was stupidity on my part, but I have little doubt that he's yours. Draco leaned forward and put his face mere inches from hers and snarled. Then prove it. Hermione didn't back down. Her eyes were hard, her teeth clenched tight, and her nose scrunched in distaste. We intend to. She's right. We're not just basing this on him calling you daddy. We're taking this investigation very seriously, Harry assured him. We— Do you recognize this? Hermione asked suddenly, taking Harry by surprise as much as Draco, as she held the ring in the palm of her hand. Where did you get that? Draco snarled. You, you recognize it, then? Hermione asked tentatively with a hard swallow. She couldn't help herself. And this would be enough to prove it to her. Draco looked like he was debating whether or not to claim it, but burst out in the end, it's mine. Where did you get it? N- no, it's mine, Hermione said quietly. There was no denying it anymore. Like hell it is! That was my grandmother's wedding ring. It's been in the family for generations. I don't know. Then you're planning on giving it to your wife, are you? Harry asked smartly. Hermione was grateful for Harry's support, but at the same time, she really didn't appreciate the way he went about it. It stung to think that she had somehow gotten into a relationship with this angry man who sat next to her. That's Hermione's ring, which was found in Aurelian's pocket. It still has her blood on it. That ring comes from at least six years in the future, which means that the ring you own is probably still sitting in your home somewhere, Harry explained. And you better believe Hermione didn't hear the rest of Draco's rant as a small set of arms clutched her arm. She turned in her seat to find Aurelian's face set in a pout as he held tightly to her arm. He looked so frightened. Why daddy's yelling, he whispered nervously. Hermione looked at the scene from Aurelian's point of view. Draco, his father, was on his feet and his finger in Uncle Harry's face. Uncle Harry yelled back threats. Both men were quite intimidating. She remembered that only a moment ago she had been yelling, too. Come here, Hermione whispered to him. She picked the little boy up and sat him sideways on her lap. Cover your ears for a second. When Aurelian had his ears covered, Hermione held her wand in the air and it let out a bang like a cannon blast. Draco and Harry both ducked down instinctively and glared at her when they realized the source. That's enough, she explained softly, taking Aurelian's hands away from his ears. We're scaring him. I don't care what, Draco started, only to be cut off again by Hermione's soft tone. Malfoy, just look at his eyes, she pleaded. As I'm sure you're aware, gray is not a very common eye color. He has your eyes. The ring? You know, I'm not going to waste my breath. We'll just try to dismiss our claims one way or another. Harry, just... Hermione sighed in exhausted defeat and rubbed her forehead as she silently pleaded for her headache to vanish. I got it. Open your mouth, Malfoy, Harry ordered calmly. What? Draco said, panic mixed with his look of defiance. You asked for proof. We told you that we're taking this investigation seriously. I need to test your DNA, Harry stated simply. It's just a simple swab of your mouth. My DNA for what? Draco asked, leaning back even further in his chair. He had heard, if not learned, much about muggle forensics in the months following the war. He wasn't quite sure what DNA was, but he knew that it was assisted in sending a few people to Azkaban, thus his skepticism. Paternity test, Harry answered. It's painless, and if you would rather keep denying it, we'll keep the results to ourselves, Hermione said calmly. Let's just stop fighting and get on with this. I don't care what you think of any of us, Malfoy, but you will keep your voice down from now on. We all will. "'Painless, I promise,' Harry repeated. He stood still and leaned over the table with a swab in his hand. Malfoy scowled at the boy in Hermione's lap, and a sick feeling sunk in his stomach as he looked into the boy's eyes. Slowly, he opened his mouth. It was just as both of them had said, a simple swipe of the cheek. Draco sat back in his chair suddenly and asked, "'Now, we're moving forward?' Harry nodded. "'Yes, not that you'll appreciate it any more, "'Aurelian, we have some questions now.' Are you ready to answer our questions? Aurelian was leaning against Hermione with his head comfortably snuggled against her chest. Hermione encircled him consolingly and rubbed his arm in silent encouragement. He sat up and nodded to Harry. Now, some of these questions might sound silly, but you need to answer them, okay? Harry asked. When Aurelian nodded again, Harry proceeded. Okay, Ari, can you tell me who your mommy is? Aurelian smiled widely and turned to point right at her face. That's mummy. Good. Can you tell us your mummy's name? Mummy? Ori chuckled. Draco snorted in amusement and received a glare from both Hermione and Harry. Draco looked away with an expression of feigned disinterest. That's right. You do call her mummy. But what do other people call her? What does your daddy call her? Aurelian paused as the- he thought a moment. Myony. Hermione and Harry smiled at each other. It was more than they'd been able to get out of him the day before. What about me, Aurelian? What's my name? Harry asked hopefully. "Uncle Harry. Fantastic. Good job. But do you know another name people call me? Some people call me Mr." Harry left the sentence hanging, hoping for the boy to finish it for him. "Jamie calls you Daddy," Aurelian answered thoughtfully. "Wha- Daddy?" Harry choked, his eyes wide. "Who Who calls me?" Harry, Hermione cut him off harshly. "You're getting off topic." Harry gaped at the boy and nodded to Hermione. They had agreed earlier that it would be best not to push for answers about the future that didn't pertain directly to the case. Still, he looked like he itched to ask Aurelian to repeat himself. Hermione bent to the side to get a look at his face. Ari, what about your daddy? Can you tell us who your daddy is? Dat's daddy! Aurelian answered as he pointed at Draco. Good! Hermione praised him and kept her eyes focused solely on Aurelian to avoid looking at Malfoy. And what is your daddy's name? What does mummy call daddy? "'Draco,' he answered easily. Hermione couldn't help herself and glanced up at Draco's sour frown. "'And does anyone call him something different?' After a tiny pause, Harry asked more specifically. "'Mister. Sometimes people call your daddy Mr... "'Perny calls him Master,' Aurelian answered. "'Yes, Mr. what?' Harry pressed. "'Harry, he said, how do you know Perny?' Draco's unexpected participation startled the room. Avid for information, Hermione and Harry were unable to hide their excitement at Draco's fervid response. That name means something to you? Harry asked Draco. Draco's stare never left Aurelian as he snapped. Shut it, Potter. How do you know Perny? She's our elf, Aurelian replied with a tilt of his head as he stared at Draco's face. What? Hermione asked in surprise. She's my house elf, Draco explained. His nostrils flared more in discomfort and fear than with anger. He looked like a frightened, caged animal. We have a house elf? Hermione cried in outrage. That's crazy! Harry, I would never have. I, Granger, I have a house elf. We have nothing together, Draco said fiercely. Enough, Harry said seriously. We're doing with the shouting, remember? Now, that was very good, Aurelian. Very good. Can you tell me what Pernie does? She. she cooks for us and cleans the manor, Aurelian answered with an uncertain look between Draco and Hermione. Hermione apologetically smoothed her fingers through his hair. She had felt how tense he'd become, but he relaxed against her quickly. "When we go back, when we go home." "I wanna go home," Aurelian pouted. "I'm sorry, Aurelian," Hermione said sincerely. "But we can't go back there, love." Aurelian pleaded with Draco. "Please, please, daddy. I wanna go home." "I'll let you be very hot. Very hot," Draco asked in confusion. "Is that a Quidditch figurine?" Hermione asked suspiciously. "Uh Uh-huh. It's Daddy's favorite. Daddy loves tornadoes like me, Aurelian said with a pout as he stared at Draco with tear-filled eyes. He didn't understand why his father was so upset with him. Draco looked extremely edgy and tried hard not to look at the boy who stared straight at him. Look, Potter, I've had enough, all right? Draco said forcefully, a bit of desperation in his voice. Harry considered him, and then Aurelian and Hermione. All right, he conceded finally. Just... Give me a second, though, Malfoy. Hermione, I'll be right back. Hermione nodded and watched the two men leave the room only to stand uncomfortably in front of one another on the other side of the door. Look, Malfoy. Harry started uncertainly. The pity he felt for his childhood rival was not something that happened very often. I know this has got to be tough, but as you can see, this is no game we're playing. Take a break and clear your head, but I expect you to continue to help with this. Malfoy looked away, unsure of how to respond. He realized that Harry was still waiting for a response, and sighed in defeat. What time am I supposed to be here? Actually, tomorrow we're going to Hogwarts, Harry informed him. At Draco's surprised look, he explained, the ring and the paper weren't the only things we found on him. He had a bottle of memories. We outled McGonagall yesterday, and she agreed to let us use the pensive. If I know Hermione, I'm sure that bottle holds a lot of answers. Am I supposed to be there? Draco asked in frustration. I think it would certainly help if all of us had a look at it. But if you really can't, well, if you really can't, I guess we'll have to fill you in, Harry said. Think about it. We'll be at the gates at nine in the morning. Hermione and I, I mean. Aurelian will be staying at the burrow. Again, think about it. If not, well, we'll owl you. Draco nodded and turned away. He mumbled to himself as he left. Never should have agreed. Well, that went beautifully, Hermione said with a bitter sarcasm as she walked toward Harry. Aurelian was draped around her with his head on her shoulder, his arms hanging limply, becoming sleepy in his mother's arms. Harry gave her a mirthless, sympathetic smile. He had known what was underneath her angry shell and stoic expressions, and it showed as soon as Malfoy left. She was hurt and confused, and though she didn't want to be, she was stung by Draco's vindictive attitude. I'm sorry, Hermione. Harry apologized. It's fine, she said defiantly and steeled herself again. You're hurt, Hermione. Anyone would be. Just... Just try not to let him get to you. Go back to the burrow and just relax, he suggested. It's not even lunch, Hermione said in disbelief. It's just about, Harry said with a glance down at his watch. It may be early still, but it's been quite eventful, and we learned more than we thought we would. Not to mention, he looks like he's had enough, too. You sure you don't want me to drop him off and come back? Hermione asked. Hermione, Harry sighed. You need a break. He needs a break, and he needs you. He is the assignment, Hermione, so take care of you both. Hermione nodded in agreement and gratitude. Thanks, Harry. See you at the burrow for dinner? He asked. Yeah, we'll have to fill Ron in. Dred filled her again at the thought. I'll talk to him first, Harry offered. I'll see you at dinner.